Welcome to What's on Your Souls, a relational podcast where you can relax and enjoy conversation, inspiration, encouragement, and motivation in a judgment-free space. Don't continue to drag around that emotional debris. Here's what's next on this episode. Is the quest in life to be the sole survivor or for our souls to survive and then therefore thrive? Have a seat on the porch and let's examine what's on your souls. It's a great day. I'm so excited to be able to sit down with you and we have a great topic that I'm very interested in today and I believe that you will be as well. For the listening audience, I just wanted to give a brief synopsis of who it is that I'm sharing this space with today. So it's my good friend, Nicole Clark. We have been friends for almost 30 years, both clinicians in the field working with families and schools. She's smiling at me, so I'll have to look away. Uh, Schools and families doing individual and group therapy, and not only doing that, but I think the most important part is sharing life together and being able to reflect and make observations about life steps up, step back, mistakes made, self-awareness grown, and so I'm very privileged to have you today. So we have a blog that was written by a guest blogger, another great friend. Her name is Pat McQuilkin, mm-hmm. and she did a spinoff on the name of this podcast, which is What's on Your Souls, and her blog was, is the quest in life to be the sole survivor or for our souls to survive and then therefore thrive? And I thought that that was very significant and very thoughtful. So I would love to hear your voice in regards to that and your thoughts, reflections, and appreciations of that and revelation. So soul survivor versus our souls surviving and thriving. Okay, so first I wanna say that I am honored to be here with you today and to have been able to share life with you for as long as we have. As it relates to soul survivor versus one's soul surviving and thriving, when I think of S-O-L-E, survivor, I think of one and only and loneliness and traveling life's path without any supportive relationships. Whereas when I think of one's soul surviving and thriving, I think that is a journey that takes support and companionship. Um, One cannot really thrive without the presence of others. Okay, so let's break it down a little bit more. Just so that we're at rocking chair level, sitting on the porch, okay, looking down the road, and that everyone, this feels to everyone listening that they can apply this day to day. So when we talk about thriving, what does thriving mean? I think thriving is being content with one's life, being satisfied. Some people might call that happiness. I try to stay away from happiness because I really think it's about contentment and satisfaction. So thriving to me is is that, satisfaction, contentment, and whatever level of success one is comfortable with because I think that looks different for different people. Not everyone has to reach the highest rung on the ladder to be successful. Because what is the ladder anyway? That something that we create in our minds. 
Right, and success oftentimes in this day and age is equated with material gain. Absolutely. Right, and not even, so I always say, when we have these conversations for this podcast and the series that we will have now and in the future, it's lab work, it's a deeper dive than just surface observation. So I believe so many times people throw things out almost with negligence saying, this is your life, it's up to you, you cut out who doesn't make you happy, you just keep it moving, you do you without any boundaries or borders or whatever there is and that you're just going to be fine. Right. Uh, And we know, or I know, uh, having had a career in that, is that that is almost, it's it's almost like giving a weapon to someone who's ill-equipped to use such, right? Yes. And tell them that you're just free to roam the spaces. Right. And so it sounds like before you become a soul survivor or your soul survives, you have to know what awareness is and how to delineate between the two. Yes. So our next part of this conversation is we were going we're going to move into a discussion on how do you do that and what does that look like? Okay, let's do that. More conversation on the way from what's on your souls with Mia. In the meantime, if you have a comment, log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. From the audio player, click the leave a comment link. Let your voice be heard. Now, back to more of what's on your souls. So I'm so glad to be back from the break. Again, sitting here with Nicole, we are having a great dialogue about Soul Survivor versus our soul surviving and thriving. And it seems we have a caller on the line. Hey, caller, do you have a question or a comment? Hey, Mia, my name is Kristen from Houston. I just want to know, how do I know if I'm a soul survivor or if my soul is just surviving? So let's talk about that, Nicole. Let's, let's break that down to rocking chair level. When people, I know that we spoke about it a little bit before the break, but a soul survivor, because in this day and age, it does seem a challenge to be clear on that because there is a proliferation of me, 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 right? Mm-hmm, you can see a mm-hmm. thousand photographs of me. You can on social media, right? Selfies. You can see every little detail of my life, what I ate for breakfast, what I ate for lunch or whatever. So that almost feels like you are part of a quest to be the sole survivor, right? To be the most identified. Do you see it as that way? And can that be anxiety provoking in some way? Right, so I think it can absolutely be anxiety provoking. You're in this constant state of trying to measure up to other people. And to be honest, some of those people have created fake personas. So you're always trying to get to something better, something bigger, to be like someone else. And that definitely causes anxiety because as they say, comparison is the thief of joy. I think that's awesome. And people say that, that's easy to say, but don't you, uh, my experience with the people that I've worked with over the years is that, but. Even when people say they're not comparing, they are comparing, right? Yes. It's almost that they're trying to convince themselves that they are not like everyone else, but yet they are. Yes. So the caller talked about how do you know? So how would you, I guess the question is, how do you describe if your soul is surviving and thriving? Is that contentment? I was going to go right back to contentment and satisfaction. If you are feeling 
any type of discontent or dissatisfaction with your life, I think that's your first clue that you need to take a look at yourself. And that's tough to do Mm -hmm. because oftentimes we are our toughest critics, but it takes bravery and courage to step back, get quiet, and really think about your life and the relationships that you have made or the relationships that you have not made and really how you are moving through the world. What type of impact are you having? Are you happy? There's that word. And happy, we have to be careful with happy, right? Because it's an ever-moving ever target. Yes. People, so I think sometimes people confuse um, contentment with, does that mean you have a lack of motivation and inspiration and that you initiate things and can you still have visions? Can you still have goals and to be content? And what is the difference between that and always moving in the pursuit of comparison? So it's different for every person. So what makes me content is going to be very different from what makes you content. So it's about realizing what I need versus what someone else needs and understanding that those needs are different, but both needs are valid. And so if I can look at it in that way, then that is going to remove that need to compare and that, because you know other people are going to put the label of um, unmotivated or lacking vision. So again, listening to your still small voice mm-hmm. yes. to the exclusion of all of the noise on the outside it's, and i and i hear you and i agree and i just know that that is easier said than done right yes and if we're not mindful of that it permeates how we parent it permeates how we move through relationships yes. with people um because you do your Sometimes you just feel untethered. If I'm doing this and no one, and everyone else is doing that, what does that say about me? I think that that was a phenomenal question, and I think if there are any other questions that kind of lead us down the road, people are welcome to go to the website at miaembro.com and leave a comment, and then we will come back when we can and address and speak to, to the extent that we can, our thoughts and observations about that. Excellent question. So the next segment that we're going to move into is we're going to talk a little bit about borders and boundaries and barriers. While we're having great conversation with What's On Your Souls with Mia Imbro, we wanted to thank you for listening and we look forward to hearing from you at MiaEmbro.com. There you can get caught up on previous shows, comment, or even give us feedback. All right, let's get back to our final segment as we wrap up what's on your souls we are so glad to be back sitting with beverage in hand whatever that might be to our delight looking down the road seeing what has left and what is approaching and we are excited to be in this dialogue so nicole the last thing we were talking about was soul survivor versus our souls surviving and then this moves us into the next facet of that blog that was written that talks about three things it talks about borders barriers and boundaries which I think is fascinating when we're talking about relationships. So I'm going to throw you the ball. All right. And let's see what we get. So the first thing we want to discuss is border. What is a border? What does that look like in real time rocking chair level 
in as it pertains to relationships okay so I would say that a border is something that we erect to keep others out and that it is typically fear-based and the fear can be real or imagined um, if it's imagined it's based on these preconceived notions that we have these stories that we tell ourselves about situations or groups of people um, that we use to dismiss or avoid those people in those situations you know what's interesting about that is we are all guilty of that and people do that incessantly the caveat to that is rarely do people go back and question where did I get that story from Right. Why does it still reign true or does it reign true present day? Does it apply to the people that I'm surrounded by or do I continue to spray on people who are not deserving of the story that I've constructed in my mind? Absolutely. That's what makes it so difficult to dismantle. You have to be cognizant or it has to be brought to your attention for you to put in the time and give it the thought to bridge a gap and dismantle a border. And it certainly has to happen in a safe environment where you feel like someone is not out to harm you. Yes. The good news is, though, that the border can be dismantled. It can. And I think people need to think about that. They always think of borders. I think you said this to me yesterday, that borders, do you remember this? You said borders, what is the point of a border? Is it to keep someone out? Yes. So Um, what is that quote? A line in a movie where a homeowner was having a gate built and the person who was building the gate said, do you want to keep people in or keep people out? And that has stuck with me all of these years because when you think about relationships how do we determine who we are going to keep out and who we are going to let in to our personal space knowing that you're letting no either way you're letting in or let or keeping out flawed people right so you're going to run the risk of being when you love i remember this story that um Tony told me one time, he said, the hard thing about loving well and loving somebody is that that equates to the same level of loss Mm. when that person goes. So you you have to Mm. hold people lightly, right? Because you can't force love. Right. But if you choose to love well and to give it up, the omission of that person or that experience, the grief and the pain of that equates to the love that you dispensed in it. But is it worth it? I think we would say yes. Right. Although it's excruciating, but I believe that some people's er- people erect borders so they don't have to incur Experience that loss. the pain. Yes. Yes. But you have to be self-aware to examine that. Right. Okay, let's talk a little bit about barriers. Okay, so barriers are different from borders because barriers are more permanent. Whereas one can be open to new information and bridging gaps when we talk about borders. When one erects a barrier, they are less inclined to 
accept new information that might remove that barrier. The barrier is like a roadblock. You cannot gain entry because you have simply cut off that access point. It's like going to wanting to go to your favorite concert and you think if I can just get that close to the stage mm. and then they have that barrier up and you can't get can't get Okay, so near. but have you ever noticed Nicole that while you're trying to get around the barriers, like you're going all the different streets trying to say, surely they don't have it. <laughs> the detour. Here. There mm-hmm. is always somebody that has gotten over that barrier and has gained access. Maybe because it wasn't a barrier. Well, not to them, right? Maybe they saw Ooh. it as a challenge, a motivation, right? A speed bump. Right. Okay, so now let's talk about boundaries. And I w- if you will, when you speak to it, delineate between perceived healthy boundaries and then when people just say this is this is what I'm not going to do what's okay. the difference between those yeah. so boundaries are self-protective um, but they can be fluid and I <clears throat> boundaries are important right yes because it absolutely kind of is a guiding compass for us how but I think it can be it, it needs to be an ongoing examination of why do I have these boundaries where did they come from Yes. What is the message I'm telling myself about why I need this? Like the milk or the, what? what is it that is, and is it erroneous or is it true? Is it valid? And what, what hap, is it valid? And how much of that is my stuff versus the validity of what is true? So I right. think that's important. And how this, of course, we'll have many more dialogues in this series on the porch, but I think it's important for people to start pondering these things because this is how it's dispensed down in relationships. Yes. And I think if we are not careful in this day and age, we almost become negligent to the process and the work that is required. And instead we just make these all consuming statements. But what we know after almost 30 years of being clinicians is that people are not really wired to do the whole soul survivor quest well it is tough it is tough absolutely um and so our soul surviving and thriving is what leads us towards continual um reflection and exploration yes yes um awareness awareness that hopefully leads to contentment and satisfaction yes and if you're content and satisfied does that mean you never want for anything again absolutely not that would not be reality there are going to be highs and lows my grandmother used to say low cotton oh versus high cotton my goodness i I guess we're gonna have to expound on that somewhere because yeah um so our takeaways let's do takeaways let's do porch moments these are their takeaways from sitting on the porch which every podcast will encompass and again if you have a comment or a thought or something you think should be a porch takeaway you leave that at miaembro.com and we'll talk it out some more but our takeaways nicole i would think is that to consider whether we're moving through this world space trying to become a soul survivor which means the best the most noticed right okay or are we trying to have our souls survive and find contentment and peace and value and connection yes still feeling seen and heard and valued yes but not fighting so hard for it not making that the center of our existence Mm -hmm. and knowing that it's easier to do that when you're connected to someone that can have this kind of 
conversation with you. Yes. Yes. Well, what a privilege it has been. It's exciting. We could do, I mean, in our real time, we do this for hours and hours on end. We're limited by this podcast boundary, but um, it has been a special moment and I cannot wait until we are able to sit on the porch again and to go further. Thank you. Thank you. As we bring another episode to a close, we want to thank you and check out our website at miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. Leave us a message or feedback. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes. And join us next time as we discuss what's on your souls.